0: we have talked about getting together and doing something like this for a very long a time long so time. here we are bro yeah it's great, great to see you yeah. thanks for uh thanks for being here uh, yeah. you um you brought your travis scott golf shoes I um i need we need to get those out of the box we need to see them like right now like right now yeah yeah I got I got Travis your hands addicted clean? to shoes. Yes, right. my hands my hands are clean. My hands are clean. See, <laughs> I oh, got to be careful
1: there. with the paper. You know, That's... yeah.
0: We'll go nice and easy. So these were for for go. those that are like, I don't care about shoes or what's so special about golf shoes. These were. Pro- oh man, those are beautiful. These That's were probably sick. one of the most exclusive drops that Nike did this year. Last year, it was the Jordan lost and founds, yeah. which I got thanks to uh, Megan's husband, Brian. And I remember I told you about these. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, trust me. <laughs> you know, these were whatever they were, but they're worth six, seven, eight hundred bucks right now. Yeah. So um, these are awesome. He has one more, maybe one or two more collaborations, I think, with Nike. Um, but I don't know if he's going to do any more golf shoes. So that's that's, that's good pretty, for you. must be nice. Like I said, they're gonna stay in the box for a while. I don't know As if I'm ever they should put them on my feet. As they should. And you know, they say, and I think I told you this, um, it's good to remove the paper yes. every now and then because it'll like the wax of the paper will create a residue on the actual you shoe. Did, so I'm just say say looking that. out for you. That's yes. what I do. That's Thank what I do. Uh, and you got the, the man, custom too. Nikes on too, man. I did. Yes. God, your shoe game is your shoe game is strong kind these days, Hemstead. Yeah, those Thanks are nice, to you.
1: man. It's your it's one your that caused this problem. I know. You said, hey, check out this app. Oh, hey, check out these lost and founds. And I was like, wow, I was a noble guy. <laughs> and uh, like noble, like the shoes, the shoes you know, yeah, the, the workout brand. And uh, I never was really huge into the Nike scene and then jumped into that. And I was like,
0: whoa. It escalates very quickly. Because check there's this... Out. There's this game you play because you know they only put out so many, and and some drops are way better than others. Yeah. Nike's been garbage lately as far yeah. as what they've been dropping, but but there's a couple. I think like fall of 2024. Because I'm I'm a Jordan guy, I do the Jordan ones, yep. and I want to get some Jordan fours. I don't have any Travis Scotts, but I somehow got the lobster dunks, those orange yeah, ones. Yeah. Because we battled on that one, and yeah. then you got that, and that. Yeah, I cannot believe I got those. But made me hunger for more. But it's addictive because yeah. even if you, you know, kind of submit your chance to win, it doesn't mean you're going to win. But if you do win, you can always just return them, yeah. obviously for free, or you can turn around and sell them in some cases yeah. if the demand is super high. Like those, you could sell in two seconds. You put those yeah. on eBay.
1: I don't think the price on those for
0: on stock acts anyway has been anything below 800 from what i've yeah, seen yeah wait till like spring hits and like yeah. the masters come around yeah. <laughs> i mean dude you're gonna see those hit 12 1300 bucks yeah. no no problem yeah so, they did right away but you know obviously those came down but. yeah yeah well i'm happy you're here um blaze of glory podcast this is something that i have been wanting to do it's exciting for a long time i obviously i love talking to megan yeah. love doing the podcast with her love talking weddings but there was always just another side of what I wanted to talk about. And it's to bring in individuals that either a, just so happened to be my friend that, that are really great entrepreneurs, you know, on the professional side of things, but to bring individuals in that have gone through different experiences in their lives and, and, and come out on the other side. And I've always just been a really curious guy. Like I love asking questions. Uh, I I love to know and understand and try to interpret what makes somebody tick, right? Like what keeps, what keeps that person going? Yeah. And the things that you've been through, which we'll talk about, was something that not only did I witness those things from afar, but I was very up close and personal with the struggles that you and your family were going through, um, during your time with, with Erica's cancer journey, you were experiencing so much pain and the unknown and not knowing what the next day was going to bring. And you're traveling to Arizona. Now you're back up here for this and you're back down there. And Erica's gone from the kids and like all of these things. And then here you are, essentially being fully integrated into somebody's day, which most times weddings are the happiest, most beautiful, vibrant days of that person's life. And you were able to manage those things really, really well. Now, again, that's on the surface. You know, what creates you is your
1: moments growing up as a kid, you know, um, your parents, uh, high school, school, things like that, that kind of shape you and, and kind of make you realize who you are and who you want to be, uh, as you come out of that. So, you know, for me, high school, school was pretty tough. I wasn't the most popular person. So, uh, going to school kind of sucked. (laughs) I didn't have the pressures of social media like they do today, which I (laughs) can, I cannot imagine, uh, for my kids, it's, it's tough, but, uh, you know even that you know just going to school was was tough. I didn't want to be there it wasn't fun. I've always you know scared of who was going to be around the next corner and all of that type of stuff you know that really kind of uh, after you graduate and you come out of that and you get into real life and kind of those uh, aspects of life of a job and you know people that you didn't grow up with and uh, all the diversities that you have mm-hmm. coming out of a small town and and all of that type of stuff you know you kind of realize. You can be uh, the person that you want to be and you can shape who you who you want to be. Right. Um, And then uh, when you treat people the way that you've always thought and wanted to be treated, I mean, that's comes back to you tenfold. So, uh, you know,
0: for me, I'm a a very positive person. I I love to just make people laugh. That's an understatement. (laughs) You're you're a seven Enneagram seven. Yeah. For those that have followed us on the NNLs podcast. You know we're big into Enneagrams. Megan's a seven. Travis I'm is a strong seven. <laughs> seven. A strong
1: seven. I don't know if any of number, any other numbers exist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love to make people laugh, you know, I have a great time. I, you know, went into doing stand-up comedy for a while, uh, which is how I got into the DJ aspect You're really good of at it too, man.
0: I watched you <laughs> uh,
1: I think it was two or three sets. I mean, yeah, killing it I up there, man. A few things on YouTube that just uh I kind of cringe when I see them, but <laughs>
0: no, I, thought you I have great, hours man. of
1: video uh, tape from a handheld recorder that I had when I did uh, open mics. I'd record myself and just listen back yeah. and then just kind of perfect that, right? Yeah, so amazing. I've got so much uh, video of me doing that stuff. Anyway, uh, you know, coming out of that, that was kind of me coming out of my shell completely because it's like, I always love make love to make people laugh, but I never wanted to like have the pressure of like a crowd of people. Uh, that was the most nerve wracking thing oh, I've ever dude. done in my entire life. Standard like I, I legit animal, was ready man. to throw up when I was when I, I was to go on the stage for the you. first time, and that was just an open mic. It wasn't like I was you know performing Still. in front of two hundred people or whatever. But, but at the same time, that was the most addicting adrenaline rush type of thing that I that I did, and it was like I absolutely hated that, but I want to do that again. Like that was awesome. Yeah. Also, you know. So, uh, anyway, uh, I found, uh, DJing through that, um, just because I talked to one of the DJs that was running the event, uh, for an event that I did. And that's kind of how I found the DJ world and Bill Tandy, right? That's right. Bill Tandy. Yes. Uh, he's a good man, man. He's, (laughs) he's he's the
0: godfather of wedding DJs. As far as I'm concerned,
1: he set the bar there. So I didn't know anything much about music and, uh, I was just looking to get in to, you know, maybe do some lighting and stuff. And I thought that was cool to do some lighting for some events. And then, uh, you know, Travis, uh, Newell had said, Hey, we are looking for a DJ. And I'm like, I told my brother, I was like, dude, I don't want to be a DJ. (laughs) I don't know what, you know, I don't want to do that. Like I'm not person, you know, for me, a DJ was somebody that went out, they played music, they got drunk with everybody else and just, you know, went home. But, that was not me. I'm not, I don't drink a lot. I don't get hammered. Like I, I didn't know. I knew a lot of music, but I, it, I couldn't tell you like an artist or a song that an artist did or anything like that. So for me, it was like, mm, I don't, that, I'm not a DJ. Like, I can't do that. But just uh, going in and like seeing how the aspect of running a wedding goes. And from a DJ standpoint of somebody who's, who's actually an integrated Uh, DJ into all of that that was fascinating to me and I was like this is actually pretty awesome Mm -hmm. and then you know being able to like apply my life events and music that paired with those life events um, really allowed me to understand how music made people feel and what it did for them Uh, so that's really what brought my musical knowledge in and just to be able to figure out how to properly work a dance floor, how to create, you know, a happy feeling for cocktail hour or a very intimate feeling for ceremonies, uh, you know, guest seating, things like that.
0: And you caught on very quickly. Very, very quickly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's just applying the, you know, how music makes you feel. Right. So, and that's how my entire DJ journey went is how can I make these people feel? this way how can I make this table of 40 some year olds feel this way how am yeah. I how can I bring this table of 70 year olds out here that's you know just all of that and how can I make this moment feel just epic and not just like a moment that has music with it yeah. you know um so yeah that was DJing for me and then that kind of led me into how you know, many how many
0: years did you DJ because I know you're officially retired 12 years from from wedding DJing officially <laughs> Yes. 12 officially years. retired now. 12 years now. of DJing. It's crazy. What a journey. Wow. Yeah.
1: Insane. And, you know, kind of, I'm jumping around here a little bit, but going back to, you know, the time that Erica was dealing with the cancer stuff and the day to day grind and the doubt and fear and all of that stuff, you know, DJing a wedding, you have to leave the house at 10, 11 a.m. to go set up. You don't get back until 1, 2, 3 a.m. You know, it's like having to leave and carry that with me, but also not carry it with me. Right. Uh, it was really tough sometimes going into a wedding. I, You know, you kind of feel alone because you kind of are alone. Right. You don't you don't know anybody there. By off chance, sometimes you might know somebody. It's but rare. But that person's not going to stand beside you all night and talk to you. Yeah, and nobody drink. knows it's what like, you're going through. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, just putting that behind you and going, I'm going to make this the best day for these people today. And that's just what you do. You know, you, you put that behind you. I bet 90% of my clients had no idea what was going on in my life because they usually don't, unless they follow you on Facebook or whatever, but new clients aren't following you on Facebook. It's usually after the event they'll follow you if it's, you know, but just knowing in that, in that moment that, okay, I'm doing what I can right now today. And that's, that was for me also, you know, it was for me to be able to disconnect from that and yeah. just kind of, you know, let myself be in that world. And she understood that. Eric understood that, you know, that I had to go do my thing. That was supporting the family. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, that was making us money. And, yeah, it and wasn't that just was, a hobby. I mean, you were getting paid to do yeah. it and it's a real way to support yeah, your family. I had, I had to do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. I didn't, I didn't really have a choice to like, well, I'm not gonna DJ anymore because I needed that money yeah. to come to to get through all of that too. So, um,
0: yeah. Watching your level of commitment from the very first, I guess, time you said, okay, being a wedding DJ is something that I could see myself, this is what I could see myself doing. I mean you committed yourself to training. I mean there I don't I don't think there was a single event where either A you would shadow with me or Travis or whoever Rob Bill I mean you were just you were all in. Yeah. And and that's what I tell so many individuals that are getting into the wedding industry is that start by shadowing. You know, don't even worry about are you going to get paid yeah. or not. I mean that should be the last thing on your mind is how much you're going to get paid. You need yeah. to figure out Like on paper, it could be something that you think you're interested in. But until you go out into the wilderness, that that (laughs) is the the wedding industry experience, you really don't know. And it was really exciting and fun for me. And I know I speak for Travis Newell and I speak for the rest of the guys at the time that it was really cool watching somebody come into this ecosystem and be really, really excited about it. Yeah. And again, you were, you were handling business in the world of weddings very, yeah. very quickly. So, um, so you, you've, you've retired from DJing. I'll get there one day. Um, <laughs> talk about like an addictive you, behavior. It's you like, said God, you'd do that three years ago and here I you did. are. I absolutely <laughs> did. I put a face, I put a video on Facebook saying 2022 <laughs> is my last year. And <laughs> I think I got a couple books for a 2025 <laughs> Um, because I still love it, but Anyways, and it's a great way to support the family. It is. I mean, the money's real, right? So that's just just the reality. Um, All right. So you're doing your thing. You're DJing. And you have two kids at the time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Did you have two kids at the time of you starting DJing?
1: Uh, Yeah, actually, uh, my second was just born at that point in time. So uh, we actually lived in Ryan, Ryan, Iowa. And the uh, office was down in Iowa City. Um, out there on highway one, that old office, that's true. Yeah. And new baby at the same time where, uh, you know, like you said, I was committed. I wanted to, to make sure I could learn and do it. And, uh, yeah, so she was just, just born at that point in time. So,
0: and then you had a third
1: and then I had, then we had a third. Um, and that's, uh, that's when we found, uh, Erica's cancer as well as when the third one was born. So how long after just a few months.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: It was March. We, I mean she was born on New Year's Eve and we've we kind of March. Found wow. out in March that uh she was having some complications after uh, after the, the birth and you know, having two kids, she kinda knew what to expect and she knew there was something that was off. Um so uh she went in to get it checked out and um turned out that she had cancer, uh, a a cancer tumor, basically. So it's an anal cancer, um, which she had thought, you know, from just normal birthing that, you know, you had hemorrhoids or whatever, and it just never went away and just got worse and whatever. So, and she had lots of problems at that point in time. So, you know, they went in, did a colonoscopy and figured out. And, you know, the, the doctor said, I found something and I'm certain that it's cancer. And that was like, that was a crushing crazy like can't imagine what moment you know it's like uh what what is ha- what is this real life right now um so you know you went on the on the journey there of you know getting scans and doing all the things and getting tests and
0: and what year was this uh
1: that was uh 2000 uh jeez when was Brielle born? <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. Uh, twenty sixteen. Then, so twenty sixteen. So twenty seventeen. Uh, March of twenty seventeen. Okay. Um, and that's when we kind of found everything there and and had to figure out what to do. Right. Um, you know that Erica was uh, really big on natural things and just being healthy and you know making sure you're doing the best uh, for your general health and you know just re- she was a huge research freak she was researching <laughs> yes. all the time that girl was never stopped researching on things especially once she uh once she got diagnosed uh, it just kind of went to a whole nother level from there because yeah. she you know she fought for herself she was yeah. like i'm self-advocate yeah absolutely hundred percent and you have you have to be you sure do um in in the the cancer world right now so uh kind of lost where we were at oh uh so um brielle was was born we found that and kind of went from there on that entire cancer journey um to figure out where to go uh whether we do traditional um or whether we find a different route if there's alternatives to just not doing chemo and radiation and things like that right so we did a lot of research there but at the same time we had the fear of we can't just sit here and research for months and right. just let it be, you know, because it's not facing itself right now. So uh, we had got a couple different opinions and stuff and just decided to go in the route of, um, you know, traditional care. So, you know, we did the chemo and radiation and uh, ran into it. You know, that did take care of it uh, that first, that first round, but it had a myriad of problems after that with, the damage from the radiation and the chemo and, you know, a lot of things that just came about that really made life absolutely miserable in trying to figure out how do I live now yeah. in a different way and with my body the way it is. So she went through a lot of struggles with um, just scarring and, um, you know, early menopause at 37, whatever, um, just because of the damage that the radiation did. She was a whole new person and she didn't feel like herself right so uh coming out of that there was a lot of what do we do and how do we keep moving forward and hope it doesn't come back and you know all that research that she did just continued to grow and grow and grow of how can I maintain my body and how can I you know help other people in this aspect and, and where can I go from here um and then uh period of scans clean scan, clean scan, clean scan. And then uh, she had to go to the ER one time because she had uh, a partial bowel obstruction, which the radiation had kind of caused all the damage down there, slowed down the bowels, and then all of a sudden now there's an obstruction. So I'm we assuming
0: had, very painful.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was worse worse than birth, uh, painful. Um. So we had eventually then said, okay, we got to go to the ER. Something's wrong, drastically wrong. Uh, they figured that out. They did some, some uh, imaging to confirm that it was a partial bowel obstruction. Uh, at the same time of figuring that out, they s- found uh, that the cancer had come back and that there were some spots on her spine and in lymph nodes and things like that that they could see just from that scan. Um, and that journey started all over again, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's where we, where we said, we're not going to go through what we did before, uh, because of how bad it made her feel and, and what it did to her. So, uh, with her research, we found a couple of different places. Um, one was hope for cancer, which is out of Mexico. thought about going there. She talked to them, felt okay about it. Um, and then upon talking to some other people, she had found that there was another couple that had gone to this place called Envita in Arizona. And that's how we found this place in Arizona. She called them and talked to them. And she had called me and said, this is it. Like, this is a place I feel it. You know, when you feel something, she was big on gut feelings going with your gut. Right. So, uh, she, she said, this is a, this is a place that we can, that we, that we need to go. We need to go check this out. Uh, (laughs) We went down there, and uh, the sticker shock at that point in time was like, "I'm sorry, what? Like, how? Could,
0: how because are we going to?" None do of this? that is covered no. by traditional medical insurance, correct? No,
1: parts of it. Parts of the, the treatments that they send you to do are right, um, like radiation, for instance. They did do radiation, but in a different form than they than they have uh, than they offered around here. So it was more of a pinpoint specific. Um, targeted radiation but uh, as far as like chemo um, any of that stuff the supportive things that they did none of that was covered and it all had to be paid up front before you could do it so you basically paid monthly up front in order to to make the things happen and uh, the, you know for us we had we've always lived kind of paycheck to paycheck for the most part and it's like how are we going to even do this like I don't even know the, the minimum uh, was going to be a hundred thousand dollars, like in a span of three months minimum. It was, uh, obviously there's ways that you can do it. Um, there's things that you have, you know, 401k for instance, pull it out. Okay, great. That's there. That's, you know, we were committed to making that happen and seeing that through. And, uh, I started the Erica's Journey Facebook page to kind of help share her story. She wanted to share her story and share the journey that she had and share the knowledge that she had with with people uh, because that's who she was as well. You know, when she's researching things, she's not just researching it for herself. She's researching it for helping other people at the same time. Absolutely, um, Because not everybody's capable of – they don't have the brain power. And, uh, you know, I don't have that brain power. I don't have the – Determination to just research and read and read and read for hours, like I
0: and I can't retain what I read half the time anyway. So right, and, like, and the ability to compare and contrast. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, you yeah, can yeah. read something all day long, but now you got to compare it to something. How does, how does, the facility in Arizona differ from traditional cancer treatment? What what blows my mind, and and obviously it all comes down yeah. to I'm sure money. Why isn't there something like that in every single state? Why aren't there five locations like that in every single state? State laws, different state laws.
1: Uh, Arizona has certain state laws that where they're allowed to do those certain certain practices.
0: More for a liability side of things. Like, hey, we think this altered alternate treatment works, but there's not as much research that has been done throughout the years like traditional radiation or chemo. Right. Therefore an insurance company is not going to say, well, we're not going to cover something like this. You've only been doing this for i am making numbers up two, three, four years when we've been doing chemo and radiation for a really long time. Oh yeah. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but God damn, man, how frustrating is that? That you had to go down to Arizona or Mexico. Yeah.
1: Which we did as as well. Yeah. I mean, this, there is that, it's crazy. The amount of things that we, did in Arizona, but also, uh, the information that we learned from all of that. Right. Um, and yeah, how the insurance thing works, I'm, that shit is beyond me. I mean, it's infuriating. And I think many people not even going through that journey of, you know, things or just understand how infuriating insurance and medical stuff can be. And when you're trying to advocate for yourself and do things that, you know like aren't you know still being practiced something that was being practiced back in the 1970s it's still being practiced the same way today like wh- why are we still doing that in the world of cancer like i don't understand how that's even possible with the amount of money that goes into cancer research and organizations like that and we we can't change just i know man this it's thing that we're we're doing the same yeah it's 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 you know Obviously a lot of this is my opinion and of you know course. how of, how this goes and through my experience and stuff. I'm not a medical professional although I feel like the amount of knowledge I have now and the amount of money I've spent to get that knowledge Right. I feel like I've got my MD at the moment but uh you know it's you I don't know how to say it the right way other than you you have to fight for yourself because they're not going to fight for you. It's it's like they're in a battle with money. Like this is as long as I get the money, for sure. We're gonna just going to keep doing this thing. <laughs> and I don't know. It's 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 crazy how the how the treatment of cancer is different from just here, for instance, uh, in Iowa versus what what can be done in Arizona or in uh, other states or in Germany, for instance. Just things like that where you know, the amount of research out there and the amount of things that people know and understand are f- for some reason not adapted into the traditional.
0: When you were saying all of the research that Erica compiled on her own and the impact that that will have forever, yeah. when somebody, God forbid, is faced with having cancer in, in whatever level, whatever stage it's it's in... You know, being very close to you guys during that time, I mean, and everybody that was following, whether it was your Facebook page or whatever, or knew you personally, they knew how much time and energy and effort she was spending on. I mean, she was the definition of being a self-advocate like that. Like it's Erica. Yeah, that's (laughs) that was from grocery shop. I mean, it was everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Grocery shopping, nutrition, what you put in your body, what, you know, our house. I, I've always told people like I could probably do a um, series on TikTok uh, for the next six months of just like one object. Thanks. Series always listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know of like just objects and things in our house that she was using or bought for a certain specific reason, and somebody would go, "What?" in God's name is that thing, you know, it's like, well, that's what this is and here's what it's for. You yeah. know, it's like, Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, being, being an advocate and, and just knowing understanding your body is is a big thing. And I'm and just to step back a moment, you know, when it comes to the, the basic of cancer care, uh, one thing that I have told people that I've learned through this is you understand what, Um, you know, anal cancer, for instance, let's use Erica's is, this is what it is. It's it's non-squamous cell carcinoma. And you have this. Okay, I have that. You have that. Let's say we both have that. Why should we both get the same treatment? Why should we get both get the same chemo drug? There's lots of chemo drugs out there. There's actually four categories of chemo drugs out there. And depending on which one you're um, tests come back as, or what, you know, what your, um, what your cancer is, is this is the chemo that you get. Um, and that's, it's a lot of like labeling. I feel is kind of, is how I can describe of what I, what I see here in Iowa is like, you and I both have the same cancer. You and I pretty much get the same chemo treatment. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is the environmental um, things that come into play on what triggered mine versus what triggered yours, um, the things that I've been exposed to throughout my life, the things that you've been exposed to throughout your life, your genes, your cells are much different than mine. So, those things are so different, they react differently. Like cancer is a cell that is created that mimics your other cells from some sort of mutation. In um, figuring out, what response, how yours responds versus how mine responds, that's where the differences come in is this chemo may not be working for you, but it's working wonderfully for me. Like my cells are perfectly fine with that. Well, it's because they're different. It may be the same thing, but our bodies are made up of different genetics. My DNA strands are much different than your DNA strands. So, you know, being able to do what, what they've done at Invita... In other cancer centers like that where they can actually take your blood and um, test all these different types of chemo uh, agents and natural agents. They do that as well. High-dose vitamin C, curcumin, things like you know, turmeric, things like that, where they can figure out and see live uh, action of how those are actually affecting your blood in your mutation cells uh, versus how they're affecting mine. So, that may be the, uh, the difference of what chemo you get and what chemo I get and what natural agents you get versus what natural agents I get because uh, there's a percentage of reaction that they can see of how that's actually affecting your chemo cells. So they can really dial in that sort of chemo and give you a fraction of what they what they do basically here in Iowa where they would give you maybe 10% there, they would give you 100% here oh, yeah. and... Um, you know, the different ways to be able to target that the right way through, uh, ketosis. And I could get into all of the, you know, keto and how your cancer cells react and, and all of that. Um, we, we would make another podcast just strictly off of all of that, but, uh, you know, just the, the amount of research, basically the amount of research and the amount of things that can be done is endless and just can look other places get a second get a third opinion get a crazy opinion that you think what this is bullshit like that's never gonna work and just under just work to understand what those things are because there's a lot of options out there rather than just going you know over to help and saying okay do your thing and just crossing your fingers and hoping for the best you know i feel like what we did what she did gave her Another four years of life, wow. because after that first round, if she would have went right back into it, I know for sure, based off of the testing that we did on her body, that her body did not detox well. And she her it was very toxic um, that she never would have survived another six months if we wouldn't rent right back into what we were doing. So.
0: So the first trip you took down to Arizona. Um, was the cancer ever cleared past that point or was it something that was always kind of coming back in some capacity
1: yeah uh after the first trip to um to arizona in april everything had cleared out she had um, zero uh, mutation cells in her blood um so everything was good you know they had one little spot in her lungs that they had just seen in imaging uh but wasn't sure that that was cancer we weren't gonna you know poke around on it to uh do uh, uh what's the word all of this stuff's got my brain jumbled and then and trying to remember i mean this trying to remember some of this stuff at the same time too i think to myself man how did i know all of this before and trying to get back to remembering some of those things yeah. after not talking about it for a while is difficult as well but uh we were not going to do a biopsy on that because doing a biopsy has the risk of obviously things that could happen when you're in there poking around, but the risk of uh, releasing it and letting it go and now letting it grow again, right? Um, so yeah, so it was it was cleared up and then um, we came back, uh, was it, so that was 2018, so then again in 2021, 2020, gosh, the times are just so crazy. Um, we found that it was back again and it was in her spine, in her lungs, in (sighs) her lymph nodes. And you know, it's like, there was something there that we were missing. She was doing the right things, but there's something there that for some reason we were missing and that allowed it to continue to come back. Um, She managed that for a while. We went back down to Arizona again. And went through treatments there. And uh, the, the big thing about this round was it was in her spine so much that um, it was close to paralyzing her. Uh, any wrong movement in any way, any swelling, any inflammation, uh, she would have been paralyzed just because um, her, her she had a fractured spine. I mean, it was her uh, spinal cord was being pinched as well. And the pain they said from that is worse than anything you could experience. And she handled that like a boss. Uh, I could tell she was in pain, and some days she just couldn't bear it. But, you know, it was like, how are you doing the things yeah. that you're doing when most people would be, you know, on the floor and hoping for an ambulance and some some medication? She so had
0: incredible
1: mental fortitude. She did, yeah. And enough to continue to doing things... You know, cooking for our family, helping to take care of the kids, um, going grocery shopping, um, you know, all of that where she she was able to do and, and just do for herself. You know, I was down in Arizona the second round just because of the amount of uh, struggle that she had with the, with her pain in her back and uh, the risk of what that, that all entailed. I was down there for three, uh, two or three months just. Yeah taking care of her and thankfully with starting 1111 event co i was able to to kind of do that and have people uh run things for me at the same time so um yeah and then uh things weren't progressing the way that we had hoped and uh they they got better um enough for us to come home and figure out another plan to keep going um and that's when you know we we kind of went to philadelphia we went to austin um trying different things in different places we didn't we did not want to leave anything unturned Absolutely. right um that was that was a big thing for her is we're, we're not just going to leave anything on the table and i'm not going to be like nope you can't do that like yeah we're i'm going to do anything on everything i can do that you want to do that you've seen that you understand is right as long as it's logical that you know, we hash it out, figure it out, and if it makes sense, we're gonna do it. Like, we'll make it happen. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. You did it, and yeah. I did. You know, you did. Yeah, you uh, did. but that was with a lot of help from people that surrounded us, right? You get a good group of people. You uh, share your life. Um, Facebook, and you know, like I said, she was uh, really great about sharing her experience and her knowledge and stuff on Facebook. She was she very inspiring. Did she a lot of videos, Facebook Lives, yep. would do those a lot, um, and you can go back onto her Facebook page, Erica's Journey Facebook page, and and watch any of those videos it. you want. You know, you can learn a lot of stuff from all of those.
0: And you sure can. Uh,
1: still, so you know, people people really enjoyed seeing that, and they were fighting with her at the same time. So it was it was really good to see us be able to uh, fundraise. Me be able to fundraise uh, at the same time You know I told her you don't worry about anything You know she was worried about like How are we going to do this And I I just told her I'll make it happen Like you worry about you You take care of your body Don't think about any of this other stuff I got it like I'll handle that And that kind of became a full time job for me At the same time you know It's like I'm fighting for her to, to live And for me to be able to do that I needed the funds to be able to do that and, uh, you know, as a, as a man, you have to sometimes just go, you know what? I need help. <laughs> like, yeah, I can't do this uh, world. Hello people. If, if anybody's out there, I need some fucking help because, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, but it's hard to do that sometimes you're like, you know, you just be like, yeah, I, I, I can take care of this. I can do this myself. I, you know, I don't need anybody's help. I'm a man. I can do this. I, I'm the provider. No, as a as a as a human being, I don't give a shit who you are. You have to there's a point where you have to just be like, "You know what? <laughs> I need some help. Like somebody help me." And and the the crazy thing is is people want to help you. Yeah. Like you you think, "Oh, nobody's going to want to help me." Everybody wants to fucking help. Yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. People are like, "How can we help you?"
0: And you're like, "Nope, I'm good." People care. Yeah. We, we underestimate how many people around us truly truly care yeah and when you are and
1: people that you don't know people you don't also know. care you know it's it's crazy uh, just to show to tell you how, exactly how crazy this is in numbers is uh, over that span of five years of doing treatments and stuff uh, we spent <clears throat> upwards of seven hundred thousand dollars. And we raised over half of that somehow. Wow. And usually that was over a period of two months at a time. Wow. It was insane. The amount of. It's I, I it still blows my mind. I'm like, how did we how did we even pay for all of this? Because, you know, it's like you 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 get in Vita going, all right. That one's over with, like, we need another check. And they give you the thing, and it says $34,000. And it's like, you get that sick feeling in your stomach. Oh, How in the fuck am I going to do
0: that? can't imagine.
1: And people would make it happen. You know, it's like, I, I, I never understood it, but I was so grateful. And I just knew that people would be like, we're in.
0: Well, it's amazing what happens, and people come together because I think the baseline of somebody's thought process is obviously either a they know Erica, they love Erica, they care about Erica. You know, they went to school together, their friends, coworkers, yeah. whatever. That that's like a no brainer, right? Twenty bucks here, hundred bucks here, two hundred bucks here, and it adds up, right? Yeah. But for those that don't know her, but maybe they've had a family member experience something along those same lines. But I would have to assume. I mean, if they're anything like me, is that could be any one of us going through that. Yeah, that that's what that's what drives me crazy sometimes when I start thinking about cancer. And you know, did did Invita ever? Did you ever like really talk with them about? I'm sure you did, but what? the hell causes cancer right because you have some individuals i know it sounds very cliche but you have some individuals that drink whiskey all day long they smoke two packs a day and they go to come and go and they get the crappiest food every single day Dude. and they're living until they're 95 now good that that's a that lived to 95 i'm not saying you should die sooner because yeah. of those habits you know what sleep i've
1: lost over that
0: thought how that's what, <laughs> and then you have somebody like erica it, you know and, how much and, and sleep
1: I've lost over that thought? <laughs> yeah,
0: did, did the, I mean? I think the popular theory right now is that it's processed sugar. You know that sugar fuels cancer cells. That that's it, that's all I hear. Right,
1: which is which is very true because it does. I mean, you know, cancer feeds off of sugar and uh, carbs, glucose, whatever you want to call it. Right, that's a huge uh, factor to the growth. Of cancer, but that's not what's going to trigger your cancer. There's some environmental toxin that happens, some sort of uh, thing that allows now those cells to mutate and to continue to grow. What that is, I don't know. Like I said, that's something that I I'm I go back on and go, what were we missing? Like, because she was doing everything, she was doing keto, um, which I say keto is amazing for cancer patients for people that have cancer 100 percent. i would say do keto Uh, protein
0: healthy fats little to no carbs correct
1: yes yes absolutely but you have to you can't just do it and go oh i'm just not eating carbs you're gonna you're gonna fuck yourself up (laughs) like that's just you're gonna waste away and you're gonna destroy yourself you have to be able to monitor she was really good about doing this is monitoring her labs and working with a nutritionist and a specialist that understands what your labs show, what your body needs, and to continue to give your body that in ways. We had an ungodly amount of supplements in our house. She would take a handful in the morning, a handful around noon, and a handful at night of different ones, some of the same ones, some were massive, some were super tiny, Um, but they were all for, you know, managing your body and and what your body needs and like i said out of her doing that and being so dedicated and so driven to to do the things that are right for her body for the cancer to continue to grow just is beyond me which is why i say i lose so much sleep over the fact of looking at somebody and knowing that they don't take good care of themselves at all i mean and i mean Someone that I know just takes absolute shit care of themselves. You know, even older generation, they, you know, did drugs and acid and all that through their life. And they're still not taking care of themselves, yet they have just minor medical problems. Like, how is that a thing when this girl was the epitome of health and nutrition and still that environment was thriving for some reason somehow? And even to the point where we completely redid our water system in our house. Yeah. Took all. I mean, I think this thing was like seven thousand dollars worth of a water renovation to where it takes all of the toxic stuff out of your water and uh, air quality and uh, just the ingredients that we use in not only in our foods but on our on our bodies. What we put on our body from you know shampoo to toothpaste to all of that, you know, it's like you become hyper aware of all of the things that could cause cancer. And, and
0: how quickly does that become very overwhelming though? Oh, it, I mean, because I can hear people yeah. listening and watching. Like I can hear them saying to themselves, like, yeah, but you have to live your life too, man. You do. I'm not saying yeah, you, I'm no, just yeah. saying, and cause I get that way. It's oh, like, yeah. I could spend $5,000 a month on supplements. I could eat perfectly healthy keto. Um, I could use all organic everything yeah. um, from what I wear to, you know, everything. There, there, there's several of these individuals on Instagram that are like, do this, not that, do that. And it's like, but that's not real. Like, that's yeah. not how you can live. If, if you have millions of dollars in the bank and you have all of this passive income, then you can be as meticulous as you want yeah. in your life. But then I would also argue, how are you staying out of the way in regards to all of the environmental causes that could be playing a role. And then you go down another rabbit hole, which you hear all of these expert I mean, true experts. There's a guy, Bio Lane. He's on Instagram. I love this guy. He was on a couple of podcasts that I've listened to. And he's like, he, he's a big uh, studies guy. So like he'll, he'll take months and months and months and research. And then he'll have all of these um, trials, or he'll use like uh, PubMed or like these medical journals to say, out of, he just did one on like aspartame, mm-hmm. right? And all of these other things that are labeled, and maybe they are absolutely terrible in point. but he's like, everything can be a poison in a large enough dose. Yeah. So he's like, let's not get hung up on trace amounts of this and trace amounts of that and trace. A lot of people get hung up on those things. And what I see is that it takes away from their livelihood. Like they're almost losing gratitude that they woke up today and they are healthy, but they're so scared for what could happen in five years or five months or in five days. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Like that's where my, my, I just get really overwhelmed.
1: Yeah. And you, it's easy to do that because there's so many environmental factors that you're like, man, is this affecting me in a way, you know, it's like from EMF, you know protection 5g 10g whatever (laughs) it's like you have you i mean you have it's about doing small things right i mean one thing is much better than doing no things right do this one thing maybe change out your shampoo and make sure it doesn't have you know parabens and all these other things in it okay there's starting with skincare products there's plenty of them out there. There's organic things out there that don't cost people are like, oh, organic's so expensive. Uh, it can be, but also it can also be the same price as some other stuff right. that you're using, just because the pricing of the branding is leveling it up. Oh, yeah, that's, the branding is the price. The organic is the price. That now they're the same price. Like, you, yeah. you got to find that. It's which is why where Eric was really good at. Because she she could research those things and find those things and figure out you know what's best what do you get what doesn't cost an arm of leg. you know we would grocery shopping we would go to at least three stores I saw that Facebook post you put every, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real every single time we would hit three stores because certain things from this store are good certain things from this store cost more than that store and it's just like the organic stuff you you can find organic stuff that are you know is two dollars more per pound here than it is here and just figuring out where that stuff is. And what were the really three stores that. that you hit? Uh, so we would hit Natural Grocers. just yeah. that's that's uh, go to. We would hit um, New Pioneer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we would either hit Hy-Vee or Target okay. for certain things. So I still do that. Every Sunday. Just did it yesterday. Like <laughs> That's just how it is and that's just what I've kind of learned and you kind of figure that out and you know, you know what to look for just like I said in that post that I posted on my eleven eleven life code thing is, you know, I learned from her. I was never interested before. I'm like, why the hell are we going to do this? Like, this is a waste of my Sunday. <laughs> I could be watching football exactly. right now. Exactly. Sometimes like, I'd sit know in I the car be- and just listen to football and it's like, can we just not, nah, I can just get groceries. Um, but no, I mean, just figuring out why she was doing this was fascinating. And it was like, all right, I, I, it's fun to me to do that. She loved grocery shopping. Dude, she loved, that was her time. She wanted to talk about me time, send her off grocery shopping. That was her <laughs> me time. Yeah, and that's kind of like my me time, too. Now yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm way faster than she was, by the way. <laughs> she was so slow at that game. I could be in the labels. <laughs> and, okay, okay. okay, now let
0: me see this one. This yeah. one's on. okay.
1: I do get the same basic stuff, though. But, um, yeah, just kind of figuring that stuff out. Starting small, you know, just change out one or two things, and you just kind of eventually start changing things out. And that's one thing that I've uh, also recognized is it's really hard to do that. Without her, I wouldn't have the energy to be like, well, oh, we're at, you're not couponing that there's a lot of energy to couponing. I'm not about to try to learn that. I don't care, but there's also a lot of energy to shopping, right? Eating, right? Putting the right stuff on your body, knowing what the ingredients are, knowing what they do for you. Um, I've co- actually started compiling lists, idea lists. I just started doing a Amazon influencer program. Yeah, nice. Um, And started creating lists on there that uh, are the products that we used and the products that she used in our house to just kind of help people be like, here's a list of skincare products. Here's a list of nutritional things. Here's a list of like keto things that could be replacements for sugar, powdered sugar, sweeteners, whatever. That just is all in one spot that people can just look into that list and order it from Amazon even. You know, that's super easy to be able to do. I will
0: (laughs) post that link or I'll paste that link yeah. in the YouTube and awesome. Spotify description yeah. as well. So Beautiful. if you're looking to support Travis and 1111 Life Co. and all the things, which yeah. we'll, we'll still get into those things. Yeah. But um, support this guy. He's the best of the best, and that link will be in there. Thank so. you. Thank you. Yes, I, okay. uh,
1: I'm i just trying to, you know, with her, like what she wanted to do was just help other people in that way. And if I can figure out, you know, ways that I can continue to do that even after she's gone, that I'm going to
0: continue to do that. If, if she were still here today, what do you think she'd be doing? Oh, she would,
1: she would be a, uh, all-terrain, uh, a metabolic terrain coach. Um, she would be a nutrition coach by now because she was studying all of that and taking the classes and things to do that under, uh, Dr. Nation Winters. And, um, she would be a huge advocate for, for all of that. Um, she would, have her website up and running which yeah. i haven't quite gotten to yet um she had plans for a website to kind of create a space for all of those resources so for you know referrals of like what what cancer center does this or what centers do that um to books of you know uh, either recipes or keto lifestyles or um cancer books um things like that that helped her along the way to kind of gain her knowledge and kind of guided her um nutritional information just things like that she would she her website would be running and she would be just changing the world totally she would be
0: what what was the date uh when she passed away uh september 29th of 22. because i remember you she was in hospice Yep, she and was in hospice. Um, you brought me there, which I, uh, I, I appreciate. I appreciate, you coming. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you guys. Yes. It was, I think, my first time in a hospice environment. Same. <laughs> yeah what what was Same. your what was your takeaway from the overall hospice experience? Oh, hospice
1: is amazing. Uh, those people are all, all angels that work in that place. Um, that work in hospice environments and things like that. Um, you know, for hospice, there's things I've learned about hospice as well that I didn't really know. I thought hospice was just a place for old people just to go and you know peacefully pass, mm-hmm. and that's not it. That's not that's not the only thing that they are there for um hospice actually there's a lot of things hospice can be you know a resource that you can use for somebody say you're a caretaker for somebody and you you know they live at home and you're you're their caretaker but you want to go on vacation or something right you can have hospice come in and take care of that person while you're gone um or you can take them to hospice and they'll take care of them there and then you know when you come back then you it's like yeah okay you know you can drop them off like uh all of that. So it's not just a place for people to go and do that, but hospice is amazing because they, they do focus on end of life care and, and what that is, is, you know, making sure that person and that family is comfortable and understands all the things that are happening. Um, and gosh, I, I could not, I could not tell you how amazing that experience was. That's it's like, hear. how can you say, You know, it's it's like how can you say an experience of watching my my wife pass away was amazing? Well, by going to hospice and understanding how that happens and what those people do and the passion that they have for what they do is next level. I mean, you can't just you're not just a nurse going in there going, Well, this is what I'm gonna do today. You gotta you gotta you gotta want that. You gotta love that. You know, you gotta be a special person
0: to be able to do that. You you think about the kind of person you have to be and like you said, just angels walking this earth to be able to be there for individuals that are going through the roughest moment of their life. Yeah. And they do that on a daily basis.
1: I drive by there all the time and there's always cars there. I've seen countless of times where there's the, uh, the van or the corners van or whatever vehicle that they use to take somebody out of there. I've seen that there a few times as well as I kind of drive by and you just know that that's what's happening there. But at the same time uh, I had somebody, I drove by there. uh, It was probably a month ago. Somebody else was with me. They're like, how can you drive by this place? It's like, this is a, this is a great place. Like that. Yeah. It brings back a memory of being there and what that really meant, but it also brings back the memories of how fantastic of an experience that was
0: and how grateful I was to have that experience. And uh, yeah, that's it. Was very peaceful when I spent time with with you guys there. Um, you know, to your point, I was I was I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, but it's like I'm gonna be there, man. You you invite, of course. You know, I just didn't want to intrude, but, right? Yeah, and So when you absolutely. invited me, I'm like, absolutely. And you walk in there specifically into her room. Um, yeah, it 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 didn't feel like you were at this cold third-party establishment, you know, (laughs) it was, it was, it was very warm and, and very peaceful. Yeah. And I, I just, I don't think as a society, we don't talk about the importance of those types of healthcare workers enough. Yeah. And, and my mind always go to specifically when Melissa was in the hospital, I just, my mind always goes to like, what happens if nobody wants to do these things anymore because nobody cares about these individuals until you need them at the lowest point mm-hmm. of your life and you, you, you fall into them. Yeah. And when they welcome you with whatever emotion you want to bring yeah. to them, yeah. imagine if they just didn't exist. Yeah. I don't know. Man. I just, tough. I think yeah. about that a lot. We just, we don't talk about that enough. Yeah. God bless
1: all of them. Uh, shout out to the Dennis and Donna Aldorf Hospice House of Mercy. It's an amazing facility out there. You're in Cedar Rapids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Hiawatha, actually.
0: Hiawatha, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, let me ask how did, because everybody's grieving process is different. Yeah. Um, let's get real. Yeah. Let's, let's get real. And, and, know we're really good friends and and we've had some of these conversations together um you know what was that like for you guys because you spent so many years going through the process of traditional treatment in arizona and you know grocery shopping and supplements and it was protecting the house right like my wife will get better yeah you know we're gonna grasp onto whatever sort of control we can and when we had talked shortly after she passed away, I think you found a lot of peace in knowing that she was no longer in pain. Right? Is yeah. that kind of where your mind oh, yeah. goes
1: first? Oh yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was huge. And it's eleven eleven by the way. Eleven I just eleven. Noticed. Look at that. <laughs> Anybody? Uh, I, uh, you know, when it comes to the the entire process of that, and just the grief of losing somebody is immense right they're no longer there and you have other people that are also counting on them not just you like it yes you're dealing with that grief but I have three other kids three kids yeah. not three other kids three kids that are dealing with that grief as well ranging in age right 15 11 and six and uh you know for that you also have to kind of take on and guide them through that grief as well Um, I feel like my situation, I wouldn't trade my situation for anybody else's situation of losing somebody, uh, just because I know how we went through it and how, you know, her and I together guided the kids through it. Um, I, I often think about, um, losing somebody instantly versus losing somebody of how we lost Erica. And my grieving process was really a period of five years of going through all of that. The realizations, mm. uh, the finding out that it's back, seeing the pain, the day-in, the day-out struggles, all of, all of those things. For me, all, you know, seeing her in that state was a grieving process for five years. And learning how to deal with that. Those emotions and those feelings, and again, being gone to DJ, and you know, I never missed a single wedding that entire time until the month of her passing. I I never missed a single wedding, and being able to kind of process that and grieve what is about to happen and grieve what is currently happening allowed me. I'm not going to say allowed me, but it really kind of caused me to. Have a sense of relief at the end of that time, right? Um, You see somebody suffering so much for so long.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a really fascinating way that you that you stated, like that that was the grieving period. Like maybe grief doesn't always happen at the time of somebody passing away. It's it is through that process, and I don't think a lot of people look at it that way.
1: Yeah. There were there were a lot of times where I lost my mind and cried like crazy, like I had lost her already. You know what I'm saying? It's like you there's moments you have that you I never thought I would have, screaming in my own warehouse, just losing my my mind. You know, it's like after she passed, there's a, a different kind of grief, obviously, um, which I had gone through and continue to experience and you know even this morning was tough like some days are just tough some days you just think about it and think about you know how she was and what you guys did and what this day could have been like and um you know you just like this morning like I said it was I had a lot of thoughts just coming into here thinking about what we'd be talking about just brings up a lot of emotion and a lot of thinking um about how things are and how things were and uh just you know causing me to miss her so much um but uh you know the the like i said the grief throughout that entire time allowed me to prepare myself for what the grief is now i've this is why i say i wouldn't trade it with anybody else because i can't imagine the grief of just suddenly losing somebody and there's boom they're not there they were yeah. everything was perfect everything was fine gone right um i can't imagine how that is and uh only thing i can do is kind of help somebody like that through this period of time because everybody's journey is different everybody's grief is different everybody's experience is different and you just don't know how everybody's personality is different you know a seven versus a two or an eight or whatever you know how you process things that happen in your life that happen to you is way different how you've, you know, your childhood trauma, call it whatever you need, you know, however you you dealt with that or didn't deal with that is affecting that person today as well. And I don't know how to handle that. You know, it's like I know how to handle me and I know how to, to handle what I have. So the best thing that I can do is understand what the grief is and what grief consists of and help people through that, which is what I kind of aim to do as well is just to kind of help, navigate that for people and just help try to inspire and help them kind of keep moving forward. Because what I've learned over this last six, seven years is how to keep moving forward. Right. Um, You take two, three, 10 steps back, but you can still move forward. You can't, you don't, you don't need to stay down in that hole 10 steps back and, and then just, that's not going to get you anywhere if you just kind of focused on that. But you know, you can deal with it, accept it, you can feel it. Yeah. You should feel it. You're human. You know, you should be able to sit there with those feelings that you have and be able to just be in those feelings and feel it. But also you have to be able to let that go yeah. and keep moving forward.
0: And you know, I want to reiterate something too that we were talking about early on in the podcast. <clears throat> you know, when I when I brought up how um just how centered you appeared. I would not have looked at you any differently if you weren't, you know, if every time I saw you, I, I could tell that you were in a million different places, but you weren't in the, like, that is all to be expected. I, I was just blown away again, as a father, as a husband, how you were able to still maintain this sense of presence for your kids and your family and your clients. And I don't know if I would have been able to handle things the same way you did. And it just it says so much about your character and who you are as a person. And throughout that entire time, I mean, I've told Melissa and anybody that I was talking to as your name would come up and Erica's name would come up. It's like, man, you want to talk about a guy who's setting the bar for being a dad and being (laughs) a business owner. And I mean, it was just, it was just incredible, man. Just watching you do your best to keep things together. And I just, I don't know anybody else that could have, that could have done that. And so when I'm having a bad day or if I think something's a big deal, I think back to, Erica's journey a lot and, and how you all really just came together and I mean, exhausted all of your options and stayed focused and you were able to really define your journey very, very well. I, I think I, uh, I attribute most of that to Erica. I learned a
1: lot from her, the way that she handled that, right. She could have handled that situation way differently, but The way that she handled it yeah she was researching all the time and she was you know trying to find new things and but the biggest thing is is she had faith and confidence in what she was doing and uh we had plans you know we made we you'd make a plan and this is this is a plan and you'd be comfortable with understanding why that's the plan right and then you look forward to that plan like that's this is part of what i mean about moving forward like you recognize those feelings we would get the diagnosis the rediagnosis again and the world would come crumble around you but then you know you f- you allow yourself to feel that you you live in it for a moment and now you take steps to move out of that and that's what do we do next what are the next steps focus on the next steps focus on the positive things that are happening now that you can count your blessings for that you can be grateful for and then uh move forward right it's 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 a lot about your mentality of what can we do and staying focused on the path to getting better, Uh, but also having faith. Faith is huge. I tell people if I didn't have faith, I would I would have been a complete crazy mess and I wouldn't have survived that whole thing, right? And a lot of that is based on faith. That you just you just I just had a post on Eleven Eleven Life Co uh, yesterday. Just give it to God. You just. Dude, there's so much, so much heavy stuff that's weighing down. And and like you said, you're like, how do you how did you even do that? How do you do those things? It's like in those moments, I would be driving or whatever, and I, you know, would just feel that weight. And then I would just remember, like, you know what? Like, I'm giving this to you, God. Like this is this is all you. I understand that I can't do anything about it. There isn't a thing that I'm going to think right now that's going to make me change the situation. I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to praise you for this, for what you've given us, for the people you've surrounded us with. And that's what I'm going to do. It's it's easier to say than do sometimes, but honestly, you just, I mean, if you, like I said, if you don't have faith, I don't know how people do yeah, it without, without having the faith. I agree.
0: Dude. I don't know how you do it either. It, it, it's... Be a very lonely journey 100 yeah you know? and it's it's
1: you think that would you think something like that would pull you away from god and, and diminish your faith which is i was just going to bring that up yeah but in all reality is it brings you closer if you just lean into god and just figure out like what is this for me how can i how can i do this i think she did a really good job of doing that she you know obviously she struggled like anybody like why is this happened to me why why is this happening what are we doing um, but you know i think her time on this earth as i've told people was to carry this cross and she said yep give it to me and she carried it and that's that's really what people have been drawn to that's what helped other people move forward there's been so many people that have reached out and said Thank you so much like even to erica when she was here like you've saved my life like i i couldn't move forward and i see you doing this and i think i can move forward and they have and even people now after that same you know it's like she's changed a lot of people just by picking that cross up and going "Yep, yeah, i got this yeah and i'm gonna have faith that it's that it's what it's supposed to be right and that's what you do. I mean what what else can you do? Yeah. Like well, uh, well
0: think think about your kids' perspective of Erica as they get older. Yeah. When they I mean a couple of your kids are old enough to start to kind of grasp just how strong Erica was, but I mean, as they get older and to be able to look back on not only just the memories that are around the house and pictures and stuff, but like the videos yeah. like to be able to document, which which I think that was such a blessing that you guys were able to document that journey. And she chose to take the authentic path down that journey. So yeah. those things can be looked back on forever. How, um, did you notice any sort of shifts in your kids as far as like the grieving process? I, I guess, do you, do you continue to have a lot of open, honest conversations about like, how are you feeling today? I know they might be at some awkward ages where they're (laughs) they're only going to let dad in so much, but, um, even, even during the process when Erica was here, um, how often did you guys come together and just let them get out their frustration? Yeah, I
1: think that was a big thing. I've all three are girls. So, um, you know, they had a really great, strong bond with Erica, with their mom and, um, Eric was really great about crafting the information to deliver it to them, and how they saw it. Right? Excuse me. They um, obviously, with like anybody, you you get that fear of what if, and and all of that. And she had been gone quite a bit, or she would be gone again for quite a bit of time in Arizona and coming back and things. But she was really great about crafting how she delivered the message to them, and I think. They um, saw what she did and the faith and the determination that she had in the plan that, that we had made that they were comfortable with it and it was just another day. Okay, cool. This is what we're doing. Awesome. Keep moving, right? Um, and I think seeing her resilience at the same time has really helped them. Brielle is the youngest. She's six. She's known nothing else yeah. other than mom having cancer her whole life she hasn't known anything different she hasn't seen anything i
0: remember know. when you told me that and i mean that kind of just stopped me in my tracks man that's crazy whew, to think about that, yeah that's a really heavy one to digest
1: crazy uh she was really you know she was really close she's still it's, all the time. she's. I think she has the toughest yeah, problem with it, you know, just because she's six, obviously, and, you know, she misses mom all the time. I uh, know the other two do yeah. greatly as well. Macy, the oldest, she's 15. Um, Lord help me in this next <laughs> journey of life. You're vastly outnumbered. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she doesn't talk much about it. She's had a couple moments with me where she's talked about it and, you know, she's uh, dealing with it in her own way as well. <clears throat> but she was always one that was the most intuitive with Erica. She was most in tune with her without even saying anything, you know, they would both know each other, how they yeah. would feel and all those things. So, uh, there's a sense of disconnect I, th- I feel coming from her in that aspect because, know i didn't have that with her that that was a connection that only they had that that's like man like can you just understand me here help understand me and i let me help understand you yeah, right yeah um but and you know harper is is uh, the middle she's 11 should be 12 here in uh, nine days and she's been more even keel throughout everything. She's kind of on the fence about everything. She has her moments, but she's kind of like me where it's like I'm my emotions aren't always out there and I'm I'm one to just like make people laugh and be positive and be happy and figure out how to be happy and she's she does a great job yeah. at doing that too. So, um yeah, they're all dealing with it in different ways. I mean, grief happens. Um In different ways, at different stages of life, for them, grief is always going to be there, right people People think, oh, you're going to grieve, and then you can be over it, and then you can keep moving forward. There's no timeline on grief. Uh, Twenty years from now, there's going to be moment I'm like, fuck, yeah, you know, it's like, man, I miss, I miss her so much. You know, it's never going to go away, but you just deal with it differently, and you've got different like there's different stages
0: of grief, obviously. So, and and because I know you so well, there's been. Many times where we've had, you know, Convery. How are things going? He's like, it's "All right, man, it's all right." And you know, whether the subject has changed or whatever, and we keep going. You know, come home and say I talked to Travis today. And Melissa's like, "How's he doing?" I said, "He said he's doing good, but I'm gonna check on him." You got, you got to, you got to keep a very watchful eye on these Enneagram sevens. Again, if anybody out there has whether it's a business partner or a good friend or a family member, and they are a seven, I'm telling you on the surface, they are going to be the most bright, bubbly, just vivacious personalities you're going to be around. But if you know they are going through something, do another welfare check. Sometimes it takes like a second phone call, a second text message or, Hey, let's grab lunch, man.
1: Yeah. Let's grab lunch. And I appreciate those moments because, you know, kind of, Forces me like I was nervous coming into this, just talking about things, just because I I'm a very positive person. I like to, like I said, I like to be upbeat and positive and make people laugh, and I like to, you know, I don't I don't like negativity. I just yeah. can, I just cannot function with negativity. It's so hard for me as a yeah. seven to just function with negative people with negative mindsets. You know, I understand people have moments. You know, people have I have those moments all the time myself, but you know if if it's somebody that's always negative, it's really tough to be around those, those type of people for me. Um, you know, and just as an inside look into a seven, like, again, I will always do whatever I can to make somebody laugh, to make somebody have a great time to make somebody happy. Uh, but there's plenty of times where, like I said, I was laying in my bed. I took the kids to school and I went back home and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm laying in bed, I, I don't want to go anywhere, I don't want to get up, I don't want to do anything, and, you know, I, I go through a lot of moments of self-doubt, of, is am I going to be good enough, am I going to say the right things, am I going to make this person like me, you know, that was a huge thing for me, DJing. Um, I would have so much anxiety going into every wedding, every single wedding. Wedding number two, wedding number 478. It doesn't matter. I would have so much anxiety going into every single wedding, hoping that the wedding party would like me, that I would, that I would say the right things and do the right things and be the right person that they wouldn't be like, who's this asshole? Like, screw you, dude. Yeah. Play my fucking song. Like, yeah, you know, or just be disrespectful in that, in that separate sort of way. So, uh, Doing day of coordination, same thing. You know, you're there all day. And I I didn't mention this, but as you know, I did about two years of day of coordination as well. And uh, just hoping that, you know, the bride is okay with me that morning yeah. and that I don't say anything that makes her like be upset that day or the mom or whatever. You know, I would, I, again, it was always, I hope they like me. I I hope I'm doing the right thing. I hope I'm making them happy. I hope I'm making them proud. And uh, that was that's always been a huge thing for me is is self doubt. You know, you probably don't see it, and a lot of people don't see it because I <laughs> hide that a lot, and and I get nervous so much over just the dumbest things. Yeah. I just get so worked up about it. But I feel like I hide it pretty well. I would say you hide, hide it very well.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, we're close enough where we have those conversations, yeah, yeah. but on the surface, you hide it very well, which which leads me to my next question. How are you taking care of you, man? How's your yeah. what are you what do you you know, and, and this is I think another reason. There's a million reasons why I wanted to have you on here today. And and, you know, going through the things that you've gone through and you cut to today, obviously you're still Some days are better than others. Right. Um what have you and I think this is important because there are absolutely individuals that are watching and listening that that may have experienced something similar or in some capacity, right? And maybe they're asking themselves, like, I don't (sighs) I don't know how to get things back to normal. Things may never be normal, but how do I like such a massive part of me feels gone and lost and I'll never get it. What have you done to help kind of recenter yourself to find a genuine level of happiness? Or I'm not even talking like, what have you done to distract yourself? I'm not asking that question, (laughs) but like, what have you found to bring joy into your life, man? And like to be able to really just help digest the things that you've gone through.
1: Uh, It's tough to answer. I mean, you, you kind of, think about, well, what have I done? Like sometimes some days I feel like I haven't done anything. (laughs) It's like some days I feel like I've just ignored everything and just kept moving. And uh, believe it or not, lots of people ask me that. Like, what have you done for yourself? I've never heard that more in my life than I have over the last year. It's like I've never thought about doing things for myself. I've always thought about doing things for somebody else you know, because I don't want, which is to... why we're asking
0: what have you yeah. done for yourself? <laughs> exactly. Cause I know that's your response is "Well, I know, but I've done this and this and this for other people. It's like, <laughs> it's not what I asked my friend. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough thing
1: to do, you know, because it's hard to not feel selfish, you know, mm. when it comes to your kids, for instance, you know, it's like, all right, I got to be there for my kids. I got to, you know, I, I can't be selfish. I got to make sure that they're taken care of and that they're good. Uh. But there's times, you know, that I've learned just from talking to people and hearing things and research things and <clears> that you do got to take time for yourself. You do got to disconnect and just do something for you. Um, knowing that, it's still hard to do. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, I you said, what are the things that distract you? Like, well, I thought I was doing something for myself, but maybe it's a distraction. Like, I bought a motorcycle this summer yeah. that I've never... <laughs> had like that's been amazing um and i think you know but there i think doing something for yourself is consciously making the decision that you're going to do something for yourself today maybe that is a distraction maybe you're like i'm consciously making the choice to cause a distraction for myself today and not feel guilty about it i think that's the big thing is doing it and not feeling guilty about it because you know it's for you and that it that you know because I think if you do something for yourself and you feel guilty about it, it's not for you anymore. It was, yeah, it was right. all for nothing. Right, like, right, right, right. You know, just having the acceptance uh, of going, okay, I'm actually just gonna play video games for six hours today. I don't know if I've ever really done that, but just kinda as an example, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go into the warehouse today. I'm not gonna clean these things. I'm actually gonna. It's a nice day. I'm going to jump on my motorcycle and I'm going to go for a ride for a couple hours. You know, I, there's a couple times where I'd gone for a ride and just went down to a park someplace and just sat there for a half hour, an hour and just watch people fish or whatever, you know, it's like, and talk to Erica, you know, you know, you just have some time to yourself. I think it's just, I think doing something for yourself is doing something that most people would probably call a distraction but doing it without feeling guilty.
0: And I don't think it's anybody's place to judge what you yeah, what you're doing. That that that's something else. It's like nobody unless you've been through it, nobody understands what it's no. like. And cuz I don't know what it's like. Yeah. Last thing I'm going to do is judge how you're spending your day or yeah. what you're doing or you know, whatever. I just, you know, I think it's important when when you have somebody that's close to you that you know has gone through the things that they've gone is just to be supportive yeah. and to to not feel like you're bugging them when it comes to reaching out. Like when Melissa was in the hospital, you reached out, Hey, I can let me know if she's up for visitors. I can yeah. be, uh, bring bone broth yeah, and all these things. I'm like, bro, off. you have do something.
1: I'll sit there for a while. You've
0: got three <laughs> girls you're taking care of their schedule. I've, I've seen their schedule. Cause we've oh, talked, dude. I'm like, bro, the last thing you need to worry about is come, but like, that's Who you are. Yeah. And that's obviously what I love very much about you. But it's also like, again, you're always on my radar, man. I'm always just whether it's reaching out or just like making sure you're good. Yeah. Making sure you're good. Because as you know, if you're not good, your family's not good. Yeah. Right. I
1: appreciate that. Because, you know, one thing I also want people to know is, you know, oftentimes through this whole journey, you know, maybe you don't hear from somebody. But then you don't hear from somebody because that somebody wants to reach out, but they don't want to bother you. It's a big one. So you have a hundred people that want to reach out to you, but none of them want to bother you. So you hear from nobody. And then you feel like, I don't have nobody. Nobody reached out to me. I haven't heard from this person in, you know, three weeks or a month or whatever. And they're thinking about you all the time, but they just don't want to bother you. Um, And what I can say to that is do it, do it anyway. You're not going to bother them. They actually want you to reach out, like get on the phone, text them, call them, whatever, just have some lunch, whatever. That's important. That's huge. You know, even if it's just to, just to be there and do nothing to not even talk or whatever, just, you know, be there as that person, because if everybody says, I don't want to bother you, I care about you enough that I don't want to bother
0: you. That person has nobody.
1: But well, they have yeah. people, you what, know what I'm saying?
0: What a great way to put it. And there were times where I was guilty of that because truly that's how I felt. It's not like everybody I could is. text Hempstead, but like, nah, I don't I don't want to, you know, it, it wasn't like I just don't want to. It's like they're down in Arizona right now. I can't imagine how many appointments they've had up to this point. I just I don't want to bother him, you yeah. know. But when you put it the way that you just put it, if everybody had that mindset. Yeah. You start to feel more and more alone.
1: Yeah. Because there's a, at the same time you're thinking that as I'm in Arizona, I'm sitting there as she's at a three hour appointment by myself in a lobby somewhere going, who can I text right now? Yeah. Who's not busy? Who should, I do? should I get on Facebook? I want to text somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, for sure. for sure. It's like, man. And then you hear from somebody's like, oh yeah, I got somebody to talk to. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, you hear the same question. How's it going? How's everything? How you doing? Yeah. Can I help you with anything? It's like, that gets annoying, but at the same time, it's great. Yeah. Like, and thank I, you for asking that.
0: Yeah. You know, it's... And there's there was times where when you were going through some of those things, you know, I would text you and talk business. Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm trying to... Yeah. Like, let's let's change this up just for a little bit. Like, yeah. hey, you know, you got any weddings, this, you know, coming up or how's this going? Just to kind of keep things yeah. moving, you know?
1: Normal life. Normal S- life. You, you know? gets get you moving forward keeps you moving forward yeah. right you yeah know, you just you just go do it you can't sit there in your room all day and curl up in a ball yeah. it's just not going to get you anywhere so
0: um as we start to kind of land this plane here where do you want individuals to to find you online. What, yeah. are, what are you up to? I know you're doing the 1111 Life Co. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, uh,
1: I started doing 1111 Life Co because I um, wanted another avenue to help inspire people to figure out how to create a brand that's uplifting and inspiring and that changes people's life. I've always been a huge person on what can I do today to change somebody's life, you know? Um, I, I've always going into weddings, even, I would pray on the way to a wedding and say, just help me figure out how to change somebody's life today. Just put me, put somebody there that I can either influence positively, um, or something of that fact. And that's, that's what I want to be able to do because there's so much out there, you know, that people are even, even good things. Okay. There's good things on Instagram and TikTok and whatever, but those good things cause people to question themselves yeah. and compare themselves and they feel bad and they feel like they're not good enough and they you know they want something more and like there's something else out there that I you know it's just so much that if i can put things out there posts for instance on instagram i created 1111 life co uh, on instagram to just kind of create posts um, based off of things that I've seen, there's moments that I've seen a post. I follow a bunch of like inspirational things. And uh, let me tell you, if you follow inspirational things, your feed will fill up with inspirational oh, yeah. things. Yeah. If you don't, uh, your feed is going to be absolute. Yeah. And that's the truth. Uh, so I see so many things and I think, yeah, I needed that reminder today. I definitely needed that. And I would share it and I would start getting people messaging me going, thank you for sharing that. Like, I definitely needed that today. That, yes, thank you. And I thought I need to be able to create the things that I've learned from this journey of how to move forward and how to find the silver linings and kind of how to think properly without getting bogged down with the heaviness and the negativity and things like that. I needed to create something that also inspires other people and causes them to look internally and kind of think about things a little bit differently in a positive way. If I can't be there in front of you, shaking your hand and changing your life, I want to be there somehow to change just maybe your morning. If I changed your morning, that changes your life, right? You just think about the the things that domino effect from how you woke up today and how that affects the rest of your day. And I think if I can figure out how to do that, this is something that I want to continue to do and continue to grow. So creating posts, I'm actually trying to be creative and use pictures that I've taken myself. Um, Great photographer. Thanks. You are a fantastic. <laughs> no, you really
0: are, man. Thanks. You're a fantastic photographer.
1: Uh, I just love just finding cool things yeah. in just little things like a leaf or a frog or yeah. just, you know, just crazy things. That, again, that causes you to look at something a little bit differently. Absolutely. And that's what that's there for. And my hope and dream for that is to be able to to grow that, to, um, you know, be able to sell hats and shirts and things that are also inspirational to other people to be able to help raise money for the Erica's Journey Foundation at the same time, uh, which is a nonprofit I created after Erica passed away. Uh, It's called the Erica's Journey Foundation. And uh, that is there to help, again, do the same thing be able to help change people's lives in a way that maybe I can bless them financially when they're going through some treatments or they need some IV treatments or something is maintenance or, you know, creating the website to be able to get them the links and the resources that they need to figure out how to navigate this and really kind of best support their bodies and advocate for themselves in that way. Right. To continue Erica's legacy of what she wanted to do. So to be able to build this life brand to inspire people and also raise money at the same time to, help people in a different way yeah. it's all about helping people man i just love to help people yeah and I, I can tell much joy that like true joy it brings you it does it does i, I love it i mean who doesn't want to help somebody like how, don't you feel amazing after you help somebody you know just at the grocery store you can just take a cart from an old person like hey can i just take this in for you They're like oh my gosh thank you so much Does that make you feel like shit? No, that will never make you feel like shit. That makes you feel like I just did something today. Yeah. And I you know, the small things. Do ten of those small things
0: in a day and see how it it changes your mood for that day. You know it changes the whole course of your life. Yeah. And it and it starts to bring in a lot of the things that you talk about into manifestation. I'm a big believer in manifestation. manifestation. Yeah. That's that's a big reason why. We do our podcast is we can talk about thoughts and ideas and concepts and maybe in some capacity they, they come to life. And I know that's that's going to happen yeah. for you because it's already it's already kind of started happening, yeah. right? I mean, you have your own decor company. Yeah. And that's crazy. Now you're right? going into this. And, <laughs> you know, the, the last question is because I know people are going to wonder, what does 1111 mean? Because um, I get that question. Yeah. what is like, what's 1111?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he put it out
0: on my phone when it was 11 I, I just want people to be like why did they point out 11 yeah. 11 I see it on his
1: hat I see it you know what what is I it? see it I see it all the time so uh, the way it started is first off 11 was erica's favorite number um, and we would as I know a lot of people do um, apparently is they see 11 11 as a couple or somebody and say hey it's 11 11 like make a wish or whatever um, you know, Erica and I would do that. You'd see 11:11 and we'd text and say, "Hey, it's 11:11, yeah. make a wish or whatever." Um, so as this cancer journey kind of evolved, once she was re-diagnosed, once she was diagnosed the second time, uh the news that we got at that time was there's really nothing that we can do for you at this point. Like we're giving you, like I never told anybody this. Um, I don't think I have ever, ever told anybody this as far as the masses of people go. But they said, uh, on average, uh, you'll have about 45 months uh, from here. And it was like, what? Like that, that hits you big time, right? So we left there, sat in the car, and we said, we got to figure this out like this. How is this? How is this a thing? And then as we kind of started figuring things out, eleven eleven, we saw so much more all the time. And it was kind of like a guiding thing for us. It was really like a, a guiding signal that says you're on the right path. And that's what we took that as, as uh, seeing eleven eleven, and just knowing that what we were doing at that time was meant to be. And this is why we're doing what we're doing. And uh, that played a huge factor in that. And when it came time to uh, start my own company i thought to myself like what is a name i struggled so bad <laughs> yeah. with a name and i m- messaging you and I'm like bro i cannot figure this out like here's a couple names i have but they just i i don't remember what they were but they just weren't right right and you're like dude why don't you do something like Eleven Eleven or something like you're always you're always talking about that and messaging that i'm like that's freaking genius that's genius and I did. And from that moment forward things just kind of kept falling in line and going the right direction.
0: You know you know what's crazy when you texted me that? I was in my basement at my house. I think it was like evening, kind of nighttime. And I was sitting on my couch, my phone in my hand, and I closed my eyes. Mr. Tres closed my eyes. 11, 11, 11, like he talks about 11. I I, I just, I saw it and yeah. I texted you back right away. I'm like, you're just, you're overthinking this. Yeah. <laughs> like this means 11, 11 means more to you in so many different ways than any other elite event company yeah, yeah, or, yeah. you know, diamond level event come. It's like, no man, this is going to be something that is integrated. It's already integrated into who you are. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I'm pretty sure that was on a Sunday night because I'm, i Remember very well that I was sitting in the parking lot at Natural Grocers as she was inside, yeah, uh, getting groceries, and I was trying to figure this out still. And I, <laughs> I'm absolutely certain that was the moment. Uh, so yeah, so that is uh, what 1111 has been, and you know, for other people it means a lot. And I've had people go, "Oh my gosh, yeah, 1111." I had some dude, just random ass dude. I was driving through a neighborhood, leaving um, somebody's house from dropping something off in my van and this dude just comes out to his driveway and stops me and he's like dude 11 11 oh my god like what is that like i saw that and i i told my wife i'm like hey there's somebody here that has eleven eleven on their van. He's like, that's a thing for us for like our wow, family. Like that's we, awesome, man. We say, like, hey, it's eleven eleven, and we text each other, or whatever. I said, yeah, and I kind of told him the story of that. He's like, man, that's so crazy. He's like, you got a hat? Could <laughs> I buy a hat from you or something? Like, I got the one on my head, but no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll will find you, I guess, when I get some more. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, just things like that. I've had you know a father of a bride do the same thing at, at a wedding. And uh, it meant a lot to him and his and his wife, and it was just you know something that that I know people do, but yeah, again, amazing. it's kind of a guiding guiding light for us. So that's I'm great. I'm hoping that kind of rides rides the wave of yeah. energy and good vibes and keeps going. It you know? absolutely so, will. I I just I want to say something. Yes, else please. real quick, please. with, with eleven eleven. <clears throat> as just as crazy as it is in my life, uh, this is to the degree that it's crazy is. Um, I had met my girlfriend. I have a girlfriend now, um, and as you know. But yep. uh, we, for the first time, had talked. I invited her over to my place just to talk and share our stories. And the uh, back on this uh, briefly here is we met, the first time I met her was at her husband's celebration of life, which <laughs> is crazy, right? Uh, he had passed away at the beginning of September from a uh, cardiac arrest and just instantly type of, this is kind of the the thing I I talk about. Like I don't, I grieving and my process versus grieving and somebody who lost them in an instant is way different. Um, So uh, I invited her over. She had actually uh, unbeknownst to me had been following Erica's journey. um, And she told me that when I had introduced myself at his celebration of life, Uh, Because it was shortly after Erica passed away. Erica passed away on the 29th, and his celebration, uh, I think, was on October 3rd. How we got there is my daughter Harper is uh, best friends with his daughter. Um, So she wanted to go support her, knowing that she lost her dad and that what it means to lose somebody because Harper just lost her mom. She said, I want to go support her for this. I said, all right, let's go. And that's how we went, and that's how I met her. And uh, then she came to Erica's Celebration of Life, which was the second time I had uh, seen her at that point. And the kids had to sleep over at one time. So we just kind of talked off and on about that. I'm um, just kind of trading stories back and forth about how we're feeling that day and things like that. Well, I invited her over to my place uh, to just come and share her story completely with me so I could share my story with her. And uh, she came over, we shared stories, we went and grabbed some food, came back, you know, and then... Uh, after that, we kind of stayed in touch, just kind of talking, and just kind of grew into a friendship, and eventually kind of continued to grow more and more and more. Well, crazy thing is, is uh, it was probably a month later, I had looked back, and the day that she came to my house was eleven <laughs> eleven.
0: Wow, isn't
1: that crazy? Yeah, and I was like, you know what? Like the day that you came to my house, that we kind of shared our stories, was on eleven eleven. Like, how crazy is this? That is wild. Yeah. So it's it's been insane. And it's just, you know, the way that we were kind of brought together is very unique, right? It's not through <laughs> a dating app, it's not through like yeah. going to bars or whatever, but it's just like this tragic thing that happened to both of us, knowing that we lost someone that was the love of our life that we thought we were going to be with forever is kind of what brought us together. And I think there's some divine intervention with that between uh, her uh, husband, Josh, and Erica um, that kind of brought us together at the same time to kind of help us through. And it's been a really crazy yet amazing process um, and just realization of how we've kind of built our relationship and just kind of seeing things like that. So, I mean, people going through things and the grief and just understanding how now creating a relationship out of that also is and the, the struggles that that can bring from just outside people looking in from blending families together, from, you know, all of that stuff, from grieving together and just that, you know, that's just a crazy world of, uh, emotions. And I don't know, it's just been such a crazy
0: ride. Yeah.
1: Uh, It's been awesome at the same time.
0: I'm going to ask you a question, and we can edit this out if you want. Yeah. Um, Was there any sort of, I don't want to say guilt, but was it hard for you to navigate how you were going to get into another relationship after your wife's passing? of course, of course. Because I'm only assume there's probably some outside judgment, right? Uh, A thousand percent. Oh, yeah. And that in itself is a decision that you were... I'm sure both of you, because I've met Kristen, she's great, yeah. she's kind, she's sweet, yeah. I, Kristen's fantastic, yeah. um, but I would have to assume in today's world, with the joys of social media, know, and all course. the things that come with it, and the outside optics, yeah, what was that like, what was that kind of entry into new relationship, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, when you, I mean, you kind of started realizing, like, this is something, you know, it's like, you do feel that, like, mm. Is it too soon? Do people think it's too soon? What are other people going to think? Do I need to even, you know, say anything? Should we post anything? Is, you know, there's there's a huge weight of the outside world looking in because you know people don't understand. You know they have no idea. You know they're just going, really? Like your husband just died or your wife just died. How are you? Like it's not even been like a year. Like how are you into, you know, and it's – Again, like you said, you don't know until you you've been through it. You have no idea. You have no clue. Like it's so crazy the amount of judgment that people have, and they can't be happy for somebody. Don't get me wrong. There's billions of people that have been happy along that way because there's for every one person that's unhappy, there's a thousand people that are happy about it. You know, but at the same time, I kind of look at that as valid great i understand why you could be thinking about that because you you aren't in the situation and you have no idea and you don't know how we met you know you there's so many factors of how this happened it's not like i was like a month later like well bumble here it is baby let's right. start scrolling you know right. it's like you you're not ready for that if it happens it just naturally happens and you're like wow how is like this is crazy i couldn't yeah. have asked for anything like this yeah. there's no way I could have asked for anything like this. And, you know, for us to be that support and to build our relationship off of the support and understanding of what we both had and what we both went through, I could never expect anybody else that would come into my life as far as a relationship goes to understand what I'm doing, yeah, why my right. wife's urn is still on my dresser next to my bed yeah. and her picture. What, you know, I would never, underst- never expect anybody to go... Mm, that's okay there. Like, I'm okay with that. You know, I would, I would feel like people would be like, does it, does she have to be right there? You know, it's like you don't understand. And this is a person that understands and I understand her at the same time. Obviously, like I said, there's challenges to that. There's, you know, bringing in her grief, my grief, you know, it's hard sometimes not to compare in a way At you know, but you understand, um, what it, what it is like to not have to compare also.
0: Yeah. Like
1: you understand what your relationship was and you understand uh, what your new relationship is and what you can bring to that just by knowing, you know, you take those shoulda, coulda, wouldas from that previous relationship and you can confidently insert those into yeah. what you want, right? It's like you're not starting from ground zero. Right. You're starting with I had the world and I understand what the world is, Here's what my world is. I understand that you had the world and what that is. Here's well, our expectations now are way above anybody's expectations you've ever met for the first time and won a relationship with because you know what it was like to have that person. And to be able to go through that together is pretty amazing. Yeah. the under, Just the understanding and, the, and the, the understanding of how important communication is now because you don't have the communication with that person anymore, right? You lost that ability. Now to understand the magnitude of what communication is, <laughs> it's, yeah. Thinking about all this makes me emotional too. It's like the craziness of how I couldn't have ever planned this of, you know, and how blessed I am to have this person in my life is just next level. I can't and, explain it. And
0: see, as your friend, um, I've seen you two together in person And I see you guys obviously online, you know, through Facebook or Instagram. All I see is the amount of joy and love you two bring one another. Yeah. And what an incredible support system. And like you said, how could somebody else who has never been through that understand? Yeah. And what a beautiful thing it is to have, I guess I'll say kind of that harmony in a weird way where you do have that understanding. Um, yeah, that's awesome. It's crazy. I'm, I'm really, really
1: happy. for Yeah. You, man. And there's, you know, there's a lot of people that you realize, excuse me, or deal with the same thing where it's like they have a loss and they meet somebody yeah. a year later, two years later, and people are still like too soon. Like, too what soon. are you doing? You know? And it's, that's, that's a whole new world of reality that I've been opened up to of understanding what that is and what that's like, because I, don't, I could have been that person, you know? But the reality is, is you don't know until you're there. Yeah. You, you have no idea what I'm going through. You have no idea what I did to get here. You know, you have no idea how this was even created or the talks that we had or the stuff that we dealt with to continue to build our relationship or the stuff that we're currently dealing with. Trying to blend a family as well as, you know, with any relationship is crazy. But, you know, you have those factors on top of all of this of going – how do we how do we do this the yeah. right way and who's comfortable with what you know because again, you're not just dealing with my grieving you're not just dealing with Kristen's grieving you're dealing with my kids grieving you're dealing with her daughter's grieving it's like you know it you can you can insert all those feelings from kids of going this person's gonna re- replace my mom or they're, they're trying to replace my mom or they're trying to replace my dad you know it's like You, there's so many factors there. Like the, the things get so complicated, but again, that's the importance of communication and just working through it. You know, she, we do, I've never had a therapist. My kids have never had a therapist. I currently don't have one, but I've been on with hers at the same time as she is just to kind of talk through some things. And it's great. I mean, having a therapist, everybody should have a therapist.
0: That's, that's what I hear. Everybody that has one is like, <laughs> you know, listen, I know it, it, there's a cost involved. Yeah. But I don't know if I've heard of anybody that says like
1: therapy is a waste yeah. of time. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, the, the, uh, for me, it goes to I don't have one because I still default to that. Like, I'm fine. I'm a seven, bro. They're, I got this. I'm good. I'm good. Like, Look at me. I'm fine And you should be good too. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, what's wrong with you? Why can't you see something my way? You know, that is that is a struggle too. You know, as a seven, you're like, why do you not see this? Like, just let it go. It's fine. What are you gonna do about it? Yeah. Just this is cool. Like, look at these 15 things that you have to look forward to, and that these things are amazing. And you're focused on this one dumbass thing, you know it's some people's personalities have to be focused on that thing for a minute. And it's like, sometimes it's hard for me. She's a, she's a strong too, bro.
0: Okay. She's a strong too. Okay,
1: So, you know, it's, it's great because she's a people pleaser. Yeah, Like, you know, I have that aspect where I, but, uh, there's such a different dynamic to it too, as far as people pleasing goes and personality goes, than a seven, but also the two dynamics together are so great at, doing people things, sure, right? right, right, right You know, right, right. it's like that we, we That's both want see. the best for somebody. We both want to help somebody. I want to make somebody happy. She wants to help them like all of that, you know? So it's, it's been, she actually did not know her Instagram number until uh, we talked about it. And uh, so now she knows, and she's all about that too. So. It's
0: fun. It's fun to kind of have that self-discovery. And I just, I know when Nikki, uh, our business administrator and she's got a podcast. She's kind of the backbone of what we do for Ann and Ellis. But when she introduced me to Enneagrams, I I didn't know what it was. And then I started to dive deeper into, I'm a three. I'm like, oh my God, this is like a t (laughs) everything from like uh, alcoholism to, I mean, it was like scary because, cause there's a really good side to your Enneagram. Yeah. And then there's if you let things run wild, yeah. here's where they go. And where some of the things I let run wild, I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, 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 I definitely have an addictive personality. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Um, well, I love you, brother. I love you too, man. I and appreciate you. I am so happy we did this. Yeah. And I just, I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate your vulnerability. I've always appreciated that about you. Yeah. I, I And, and you want to talk about somebody who truly goes out of their way to show they care for somebody, I mean that is that is you. Yeah. And thank you, um, thank you for raising the bar uh, in regards to what it means to be a father and being able to prioritize and just being able to put everything into perspective. I've learned so much from you. I've learned a ton from Erica, obviously. Yeah. Throughout her journey, but just from kind of like father to father, I mean, I've, I continue learning a lot from you, man. I appreciate and that. I appreciate the impact that you've had on my life and. uh, and I know you've had on so many other yeah. individuals too, and
1: one so. well, yours as well on mine. You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in this place that I'm at without you being there too. You know what I'm saying? It's, from, it's just from starting the DJ aspect of things and just seeing your drive with you know just trying new things, right? I've just kind of learned from you. Just you know, if you've got an idea, try it. If it fails, well, whatever. Like keep going. Just Join the club. Exactly. <laughs> Join like, the club. <laughs> Okay, well, you tried it. Now, yeah. like, okay, you tried 10 things. Now these three things are working. If you didn't try any of those 10 things, you wouldn't have these three yeah. things. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's a, that's a big thing. And, you know, just, uh, you know, a guy like yourself, the appreciation that you show for other people as well, and that vulnerability I've learned as well is is great. Like, if you love somebody, and tell them you love them. Yeah. I don't give a shit if they're your buddy, your brother. A friend that's a girl of yours or not, yep. if you love them, tell them you love Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Like, because someday you're not going to be able to do that. And why not? Like, why not? Amen. You know, it's like, it's, it's crazy. And it's just, people have such a fear of judgment over things. And if you just share who you are and show love to people, you're going to go places. It's you're amazing gonna, what happens. You're going to do things. Yeah.
0: Give to get. You that's right. Well. And sometimes you're manifesting things around you and you don't even notice it because you're busy giving and you're, you're, you're coming from a really great place and there's no agenda. You're not trying to be self fulfilled. You know, it is, there's a lot of beauty in, um, helping others recognize their strengths. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really appreciate and value our friendship a lot, man. Me too. Um, and thanks again for being on. I will put the Amazon affiliate link in the YouTube show notes. And then also when we post this to Spotify, um, for those that enjoy the conversation, we are going to keep going with this blaze of glory, uh, so be sure you are liking and subscribing and uh, follow on Instagram, at Riley Mullane, and your Instagram handle is? Is? Uh, you got a couple now. Yeah. <laughs>
1: 1111 Life Co., 1111 Event Co., and t underscore hempstead nice
0: be sure you give them a follow and comment you know i heard you on the blaze glory podcast so
1: and check out the erica's journey page uh share that with people that you know because i still post things on there to kind of help uh again just keep information out and as as i get this website and things created and all that stuff this traction uh it will be shared there as well so there people is understand what's so going on there's so much information there's a lot of there. I information mean, just there it's,
0: but it's amazing start yeah. from the very beginning yeah. is what i would say start would from the very beginning too. and work yourself up and just prepare to be amazed at um the focus and determination and you know she she was like the ultimate filter in regards to cutting out all the bs and like getting exactly yeah. to what you need and, and what helped her and do this and not that, I mean, it was just incredible the amount of time and energy yeah uh, she spent on, on all of that, helping other people. Yeah. So
1: even cooking demonstrations, she left, she, yeah. she was a hell of a chef. Oh, I told man. her she needed to be on master chef. She didn't have enough confidence, but she knew everything. We watch food network and I would be like, we'd watch, uh, um, you know, master chef or um, uh, what's that other show. Anyway, regardless, We'd watch something. and what in the heck is that ingredient? She's like, oh, it's this, and you can use this with it, and it tastes like. How do you know that? I like, know. You didn't go to school anywhere. Where does that come from? Just out of thin air? Yeah, that's like, wild. Yeah, it's crazy. It is um, it the is. amount of knowledge she had. Yeah, she had a lot of passion food. for that,
0: for sure. For sure. So, so, it's yeah, great. check it out. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Appreciate Thank you, you all. Thank you to David running the board for us. Yes, we appreciate you, brother. David. And uh, we'll catch you next week, guys. Thank you.